Hi, Steve Arnberg here, and welcome to the New Life Live podcast. We hope to provide help and hope in your life through God's Word, counselors, and psychologists as we answer questions from listeners who call with the challenges of life. Let's go to today's episode. We are so glad that you joined us today. We are going to take calls for two hours, 1-800-229-3000. And I know some of you are thinking, well, I feel weird about calling, but don't feel weird. Um, nobody can see you, and you can even use a fake name if you want, but we're here to talk with you about whatever is struggling um, in your life or a challenge that you're faced. And by we, I mean Dr. Jill Hubbard and Jim Burns. And hi, you guys in California. I know that today is the day that we're going to hear from Jim. He's going to give us some wisdom, and uh, let's go. <laughs> let's hear what you have. Okay. Good good to be with you, and always great to be with you, Jill, I'm here in studio. Yes. in a, On a sunny Southern yes. California, so it's a little different for some folks around the country. Uh, you know, I was thinking today about atmosphere, and uh, I think the atmosphere in a home means a lot. And I don't know that we work enough on that. Now, life is chaotic, so you know there is never a, there's not one home in the world that you know doesn't have some chaos, especially if there's kids in the in the home and whatnot. But I think one person can set the tone mm-hmm. with atmosphere, and I think we really have to work at that. And so if you came into my office, in my office, I have a little post-it note, and it says AWE, A-W-E. And it stands for Affection, Warmth, and Encouragement. A lot of times when we look at communication with our families, you know, it, and it is, there is tension, and there's going to be tension. But what I've tried to do in my own life, both with my marriage and with my children, even at work, in, on different levels, of course, but is is make sure that I have plenty of, of a foundation of affection, warmth, and encouragement. And then we can take on the harder things. But if we don't do that, sometimes we let the kids get in the way or we let a grumpy husband get in the way or a grumpy wife or whatever it might be. And really, I think it's possible to do that without faking it. But just – my mom did that. My dad was a was an alcoholic. And uh, he was kind of the grumpy guy, uh, but a good guy, but just, you know, he wasn't doing it well. And my mom was what we called the party time mom or the party time grandma. And, and she she dealt with it. She did the discipline of us kids, but she also made it a special place. It might even be cookies, things like that. And so today I was thinking about atmosphere, mm-hmm. and I was thinking I want to I wanna proactively ha- – do the best I can to have a better atmosphere in my home, a better atmosphere with my family. And it's not going to be perfect. Please hear that. But I think you can too. And it makes all the difference in the world when someone feels, uh, you know, that affection. And again, I'm not just talking about physical affection, but, you know, saying mm-hmm. I love you and, 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 and whatnot. And then the warmth is harder, but it is setting that, that atmosphere of, of warmth. We're drawn toward warmth. And we're not drawn toward negativity and criticism constantly and all well, that. Well, and isn't it usually the case, Jim, that it's the negative person, yeah. right, that influences yeah. the atmosphere, oh, they're in, right? They're and in we lead. allow them, in a sense, right. to dominate. But right. what a difference a person who does the opposite Yeah. Well, and can even make. that negative you know, person, I call them negative Nancy or negative Ned, yeah. but they, they actually even – you know, kind of come around if you can do that with warmth. And at the same time, I'm not talking about faking it. No. You know, but we but we really can be a person of warmth. I mean, my, my mom made cookies, and she was like the cookie mother. Well, that was warmth. Okay, but we can choose our disposition. Exactly. So good. Right? It doesn't mean you have to have a happy life to appear happy, right? Yes. You can choose your disposition yeah. each day. Yeah, yeah. Choose joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we need those reminders. I remember um, you sharing this one time. Steve and I took, or Steve, sorry, Jim. (laughs) 
I took a I took a, t- a post-it note and put A W E mm. and put it on my computer and near my phone. Um, you know, because we have to have those reminders, like yeah. you're saying, Jill. It's just remind ourselves yeah. affection, warmth, encouragement. Everyone needs that. We need it. Other people need it. You know, maybe. Maybe that's your choice for today, to be in awe. That's mm-hmm. a great way to practice. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing that. Yeah. We're going to take your calls, 1-800-229-3000. Call us right back after this break. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are so grateful to be able to offer affection, warmth, and encouragement, even though it's on the radio. I mean, you know, I hope that you get encouraged as you listen to the program. And, um, you know, I'm always amazed at just these little ways that we can encourage each other in this type of uh, just a reminder. You know, Jill, I know that um, you're very encouraging to so many people as well. And, um, you know, what are are the ways that you are encouraged, though? I mean, I think that that's important as well. How do we receive encouragement? Uh, Oh, okay. How do we receive encouragement? I think when I have friends that express care, to me or check in with me or I've been thinking of you or my kids will send me something. My daughter sent me a, a, you know, a meme on Instagram recently and it was so touching, right? And it, it, it just really spoke volumes. So things like that are very encouraging. I think as a parent, it doesn't have to be big, right? No, and it doesn't have to be words. My, da- my right. daughter yesterday said, Dad, I want to have breakfast with you sometime. And I was like, oh, cool. Oh, she, doesn't, she lives yeah. in you know, L.A. and I live in Orange County, so there's a little bit of a drive. Of course, she wanted me to come up to, of course. to the breakfast. <laughs> but you know what? She made my day because yeah. she, she just she, wanted to spend time with me. Yeah, and time exactly. is a way of showing, I think, a lot of times that awe. And mm-hmm. so it's not just words. Or when we think of affection, I appreciate you. That's as much right. of affection yeah. as you know, uh, you know, giving somebody a kiss on the cheek or whatever it might be. I mean, sometimes much more effective in terms of showing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So it's possible to show affection in in non-sexual ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as therapists, we right. use words to hug, right? Yeah, exactly. We don't necessarily do the physical. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I love that. And it's a good reminder for all of us because it also is that eyeball to eyeball, you know, mm-hmm. contact that mm-hmm. we're not looking at a device somewhere. Right. Um, but um, listen, sharing memes and GIFs are my love language. So I'm all about that. <laughs> so I love that. Well, we're going to go to the calls. We're going to take some calls today. 1-800-229-3000. We're going to talk with Tyler, who's calling us from Colorado and listens on KGFT. Hello, Tyler. Thanks for calling. How can we help you today? Hi, good morning. Um, I'm basically just wondering uh, maybe how I might be able to communicate better um, with somebody who might not have ever really had communication growing up and maybe how I might be able to control my anger a little bit more to help rather than destroy. Okay. What is the relationship, Tyler? Um, It's with my girlfriend, Okay. How long have you guys been dating? Um, we're going on four years in February. Okay. Okay. Well, um, Jill, let's start with you. Well, well, Tyler, okay, let me ask you. You said your girlfriend hasn't had communication growing up. 
So, meaning her family didn't talk about feelings or how each other were doing? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it was was more or less just keep it hush-hush. Okay. And then for you, anger is your go-to emotion. Is is that Um, what you're saying? Because you're saying I, I've you worked through it a lot, but okay. I think that that when I I reach a breaking point, my anger overcomes all the progress I've done in the past through therapy and things. Mm-hmm. So it basically will just overshadow, and then she shuts down because no one wants to feel criticized, like you guys said all the time. Right, right. And Tyler, okay, so you've done some work on this, and you've been in this relationship for years. Are you able to recognize the first signs that your anger is starting to escalate? I'm sorry, it cut out for a second. Would you maybe repeat that? Okay, are you able to recognize kind of the beginnings of when your anger is starting to increase or escalate? Um, yeah, I'd say I can recognize it okay. most of the time. Okay, so that's good. So when you know that if I continue, I'm going to get angry, it's at that point that you need to do something different than you always do because you have enough data and you've been with her long enough that scenarios, regardless of the content, tend to repeat and play out exactly the same way. So again, regardless of what you're talking about, there's a pattern. We often call it a dance that happens in relationship. So it's important to interrupt that dance. So when you start to feel like frustrated or like, oh, you know, I'm starting to get amped a little bit, that's when maybe you need to take a time out. You need to go to the restroom. You need to go walk around the backyard um, and say, I'll be back in five minutes. You need to break the tension and take a deep breath and remember how you want to be with her. Because you're right. Continued anger will shut her down. It's not safe if you're angry. And what is that anger really about for you? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, her, her go-to has always been to, to kind of shove it under the In my opinion, it's always been to kind of shove it under the rug and, and kind of pretend it doesn't exist and hope it goes away. Well, after, you know, years of trauma and therapy and everything, I... I decided that, that that couldn't be a thing for me anymore so mm-hmm. i i get i feel like i get frustrated because i'm not the one who's able to get her out of her shell and then it, it just cascades from there mm-hmm. and it yeah so you can't control her emotional state yeah okay i know is she <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> is she willing to do anything to get help on her own um, you know, I, I feel like if the cards were right or the dominoes fell in place correctly, then yeah, absolutely. I, it's not that she's against it, but it's also that I think due to all of our arguments and things, I, I think that she, she wouldn't be able to hear it from me and it, yeah. it goes the same as mm. hearing it maybe from someone else. That's good insight, Tyler. Mm-hmm. That's really good insight. Yeah. Jim, Jim, how would yeah. you direct him? I think you have great insight, Tyler, really. I, yeah. I honestly do. And it's great that you're learning to communicate. And one of the things I say always on the show is that, you know, communication is a learned trait. 
And so you're learning, and she's not as much at this point. So you've got to figure out a couple of things. I'm just kind of reviewing in some ways what Jill said because it was really good. I, I wrote, I took notes on her for you. <laughs> but one of the things she said was, you know, are you safe? And if you're not safe to her, your your yeah. girlfriend, then or not perceived safe. So you think you're safe, but if you're showing a lot of anger and whatnot, then she may be shutting down because she doesn't feel comfortable talking with you. So you may have to figure out another way to work through some of this anger. And, and remember, anger is a secondary emotion. So there's a reason for you to be angry. And, and she asked that question and you came back saying it was your girlfriend, but maybe there's some other deeper rooted anger mm-hmm. that you might have to be able to work through because um, you know, sometimes we're angry. We, there's different ways of building up walls and doing anger and stuff. And just, you know, that may be something for you to work on as you go, go down that road. But I find that people who kind of go into a shell, um, and I'm, there's not a mirror here in this room, but that could be me, Joe. I need help. <laughs> but when I go into the shell, sometimes what I find is that it's not when I'm going face-to-face with Kathy, who's very good at confronting and very good at having these conversations for the last 49 years of marriage. Um, you know what I do is if we go for a walk with the dog <laughs> or if we, you know, we just kind of change it up, I find myself opening up to her. Not when it's, you know, sitting face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, confrontation-to-confrontation. I don't do very good with that. But I find that if we do something different, um, like take the dog for a walk, obviously, um, that's just an illustration. But, you know, all of a sudden I find myself kind of, you know, going mm-hmm. at it. So, may, you know, with Seems good conversation. Yeah, right? I'm not even – I don't have to look in her face. And that's sometimes, you know, a shell people. Um, we, we don't want to go face-to-face because – we well, are being confronted. And going yeah. into a shell is trying to minimize the yeah. damage or the pain. Right, right. Right, of yeah. what is happening. Right. And so, right? what she doesn't understand is that before freedom comes pain, so mm-hmm. she may have to have some co- painful conversations. Yeah. That's for her to learn and right. probably not taught her. The other thing I would say, Tyler, is, you know, I mean, I love that you're getting therapy, and as much as she could, that would be mm-hmm. great. But, you know, I find sometimes in a small group, I mean, if, I don't know, you're in Colorado, I mean, there's a hundred. There's a thousand great churches that have small groups. And when couples, same age, some of the similarities, sometimes you can, you know, she can learn from some of these other women who may be farther along on it and go, oh, I could communicate like she could. And so you could have said the same thing, but she learned it from her girlfriend who was also in this group. And I find sometimes the group process, for especially for shell people, the group process is really helpful to them. And it may not be as helpful to you, but maybe that's something you want to find together, work through something. Uh, this week at my church, I'm uh, doing something with a, with a married smaller group, and I'm talking about building walls, and there's somebody there who needs who needs that, and it may be more comfortable in a group setting than if I was just sitting face-to-face with somebody. Well, and, yeah, I like that. That's, that's good input. I, I wanted to also add, Tyler, you might even just ask her mm-hmm. how you can make it safe for her, yeah. or w- what are times when she feels safe? Yeah. Right? Does she ever feel safe with you? Or where does she feel safe? How does she feel safe? Because you need to learn about her experience, yeah. right? Yeah. Hey, Tyler, that's a great thing to do. I mean, what, what Jill just said, you know, next time, not over a fight, but sometime when you're having a, you know, some tea or, you know, sitting on, having coffee on someplace. On a, on a good day. day. And there are, and, you know, we all have our good days and bad days. On a good day, say, hey, how can I make it more safe for you? And by doing that, 
maybe that'll open her up. And it throws her in disequilibrium because she's used to having that confrontation or right. that conversation when it's negative, when it's not a good yeah. day, right? So on a good day, well, and have that conversation. Right. It's you owning that you realize you don't yeah. always make it safe yeah. for her. And yet right. the desire of your heart is you want to learn yeah. how to do that. That's great. Well, you know, one of the things that I would suggest to Tyler, since you're a little bit apprehensive about this, is get with a couple's counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you guys have been dating for four years, um, there's probably other conversations that you need to have. So it doesn't need to be about, like, how can we have a conversation so that you don't get mad and I don't get mad. It can be, we have been together for four years. I want this to be a really great experience for us in a relationship. And um, that can be a great way to do it because uh, one of the things we talk about here all the time is attachment, um, understanding where those wounds come from and how they get uh reacted in relationship can be one of the game changers in your life. And uh, we actually help couples do that at Intimacy of Marriage, married couples as well. Um, And we're going to send you a copy of How We Love uh, because it'll explain a lot of that. And um, if you need a therapist over there, um, we can get a couples therapist for you. And uh, I think that'll be a a next step step for you guys. But it's great. I agree. You have great insight and um, no sense in wasting it. Let's keep going and make it make it work for the two of you. We're going to go back to the calls. We're continuing to take calls at 1-800-229-3000. We're going to talk with Lisa, who's calling us from California, listens on SiriusXM, Temecula, California. Thanks for calling us, Lisa. How can we help you today? Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I have got adult children still living with my husband and I were on property. We have two homes. So we rent the back one out to the my adult kids. One being my daughter and her fiance. They moved in together after they got engaged. And my older son. And it's two bedroom, two bath. And my daughter and her fiance pay a different amount of, of rent because they came from they went out to playhouse on their own, figured out that was way too expensive. They wanted to move back in in our property. So we, we went ahead and we cut their rent in half and told them, yeah, you can come back here and live. <clears throat> they don't really have to go grocery shop, and they use all the amenities there. My other son was coming home on the weekends, so his rent wasn't nearly as much as theirs. But now he's in between jobs, and he's home all the time now. He doesn't hardly eat there. He cooks his own meals. But I, my daughter is having a real big problem with that. So and I'm not you, quite sure how to address that. So one, okay. one person versus two people. Right? Yeah. Okay. No, you're... I mean, it, I, well, actually, Lisa, are you talking about how to make it equal? Or there there's a, a conflict there? How to make it equal and how to... If there's a boundary where my kids quit telling me what to do, or my <laughs> husband... How much, you know, well, I just let her know, hey, this is none of your business. Yeah, that would be a good place to start. But um, right. we're gonna, you yeah. can hear the music, Lisa. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to think about this during the break and we'll come back. But it okay. is something that you have to navigate. And um, I'm glad you're calling. We're going to yeah. continue taking calls. 1-800-229-3000. We're going to help Lisa after this break. But, you know, it's always something, right? It, it just, you never know what the day's going to bring. We'll be right back. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. 
We are talking with Lisa, who's got some adult kids that are sharing space. Um, well, not very nicely, anyway. But that's what the problem is. So, um, Jim, Jim let's start with you. <laughs> and uh, how can we help? Well, Lisa, for one thing, I love your generosity. I mean, your kids are getting a great deal, period. I mean, both yeah. your daughter yeah. and your son are getting a great deal. Uh, I mean, it's your home. So you set the price. You set the deals. It's not their responsibility. You know, you had to learn. You had to teach those two, that beautiful daughter of yours and that beautiful son, when they were very little, life's not fair, okay? And life's not fair. You don't have to – you don't even have to explain to her that you're personally tailored tailoring this thing. Now, again, you know, 78% of all parents – somehow help their their adult kids out at some time or another so you know you're doing the normal thing but if your daughter doesn't like this deal then she is more than welcome i would imagine to find another deal because it sounds like you're giving her almost too good of a deal if she you mentioned even food so she must be coming over to your house and you know looking in the fridge and uh and you know the son your son has i mean you know you don't want him not working he has to learn figure that out and maybe you can help with setting some boundaries and some expectations and things like that. But each one is individual. And I, to be honest, I think you say, um, well, you know, if I was in your place, maybe I would feel that way. But nevertheless, that's a great three words. Nevertheless, this is how we've chosen to do it. Now, reinvent this every six months. Or, you know, I wouldn't make this long term because, you know what, it's not going to work long term to have sister and her boyfriend um, living in. That's another story. Um, and uh, and the son living in that same place. It's not going to work long, long term. So I would I would give it three months, six months and say, let's re- let's relook, but do it individually with each child. And uh, that's that's your 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 absolute opportunity to do that. You don't have to, uh, you know, make decisions that are quote unquote fair. I mean, when the kids were little, my I have three daughters, and so of course, you know, we had to buy a thirty eight dollar sweater for one and spend thirty eight dollars on the other for Christmas because we tried to always make it fair is a horrible thing on our part. That's exactly um, what we've done. So don't mm-hmm. so, exactly. but you know, they're adults now, and you know, you're giving them the passport to adulthood, and. Uh, they need to act like adults. Even your daughter, no offense to her, but I'm not sure she's acting totally like an adult if she's moving in with the guy and now she can't afford, you know, something. Then, you know, somehow you want to help them become responsible adults. And to do that, you you, you will have to t- quit take care, uh, quit, you know, taking care of them. You know, I, I always say uh, it's an African proverb, but, it, but you know, they'll never know how far the town is if you carry them on your back. So you're going to have to eventually help them. <laughs> You know, That's a good one. not by by not carrying them on on your back. So again, honestly, the 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 thing you're doing is incredibly generous. But the question you have to ask is: Am I enabling them, or am I helping them? And a lot of times, as parents, we think that our intention is that we're helping when we're actually enabling them because they're getting too good of a deal. See, so I yeah. I would rethink that with with your husband. Um, and actually, if you had a conversation with you know with a moderator or a counselor, they might say to you, you know what? This this isn't a long a good long term thing, and maybe here's a way to tweak it. I, I in my I'm in a small group, and in my small group today we went through where there is no counsel, the people fall in the multitude of counselors. There is safety, and you know these are some pretty amazing men. I'm with five of us, and they all talked about how in a they had a counseling moment. It might even have been with a friend or a pastor or a counselor, but in that that's where they saw you know deep change in their own life. Well, I think that's the the case with with these guys too, but you're not you're not yeah. responsible for their happiness at this point. They're well, adults. Well, and you know mm-hmm. 
And to quote Steve Arterburn, the fair is where pigs win ribbons. And so if that's right. what they're looking for, the fair left town, and it's probably not going to be around for And I also am thinking of when Steve talks about arrogant entitlement, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that it, they are feeling entitled to something that has been a gift to them. But, you know, go ahead, Joe. Okay, so I, I, I yeah. just want to jump in. So um, first of all, I, I agree with what Jim and Becky are saying, Lisa. And, and I think to say uh-huh. to your daughter, okay, if your brother wasn't here... The deal that we have with you, is it reasonable? Is it, it, is it reasonable? And is it something that you agreed to? Right? And so I, I yeah, agree that you need to make a deal with each of them. Yeah. And that you don't have to, like Jim said, discuss it with the other. But there's some sibling rivalry that's happening. And I might want yeah. to look at, okay, historically, what has happened between brother and sister? Like, is sister older, brother younger? There are feelings that they both have growing up in your family, even if it was wonderful, about the fairness to the other, right? Even when you try to treat them equally. A lot of times, you know, parents are in the middle being pulled in two different directions. And so what has gone on historically that is evoking this in daughter? And I would address that separately. Say, here's the rent. You've agreed to this. If I agree. If it's not a good deal, you're, you're free to go look elsewhere, but this is the deal you made. Now, let's look at with your brother how you have felt like somehow he always gets the better end of things than you do. Let's look at that historically. How have I as a parent perhaps communicated that or let you down or how have you perceived that? Let's go back and talk about those issues separate from what we're doing with you as an adult and the rent. That's good. I love that. Lisa, how does that sound? Very much. Yeah. Yeah. That was wonderful. Thank you. That's what I needed to hear. Good. Awesome. We are going to send you a copy of Jim's book, Doing Life with Your Adult Children, keeping the welcome mat out. And in this case, you might need to roll it up, but um, (laughs) you can keep keep it out. Have a lot of good conversations. Make some good connections there. And uh, we'll be praying for this situation, too, because, you know, like Jim said, you are being generous, Lisa. It's it's really uh, a good thing. You have great influence. We talked to so many who are not in communication, not in connection with their adult kids. And it's <laughs> and it's, yours don't want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they might if you, you know, do something. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now, let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places. glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. I'm Stephen Arterburn with a New Life Moment. In the Bible, the word confess means to speak the same thing. 
So when it tells us to confess, it means we're to say the same thing God says, to agree with Him about the attitudes and actions of our lives. As you can see, then, confession has two aspects, speaking the truth about ourselves and the truth about God. This means speaking the truth about ourselves won't necessarily result in unrelieved discouragement because following directly upon it come the promises of God that address our failures. For example, if we're confessing greed, we can also confess God's promise to supply our needs. The Bible says the same God who takes care of you will supply all your needs from his gracious riches which have been given to you in Christ Jesus. Come and learn more about the privilege of confession at newlife.com. I'm Stephen Arterburn, and thanks for listening to this New Life Moment. It's always so great. I just quoted Steve in that last segment, and here he is dropping these bombshells again <laughs> that we can learn from. You know, that whole idea of confession we talk about in recovery all the time, but it is mm-hmm. part of our daily life, right? But I love what he said where it's not just the truth about ourselves, but it's the truth about God. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What did you guys think about that? Just that that piece right there about understanding what confession is can be so powerful in our relationships. Oh, I think so. And, you know, confession, mm-hmm. you know, he, he used another phrase, but confession can also just mean to agree. I mean, God, when it comes to our relationship with God, when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. Well, we're just agreeing that we our sinner and we miss the mark. But I think when we confess to another person, a loved one, um, that's deeply intimate. Mm-hmm. And I find that when I have the courage to do that, say with my wife or with my kids or whatever, you know, that that really becomes a, a moment of deeper intimacy, connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the years, even, even an apology. I mean, I can remember saying to my daughter, Christy, years and years ago, I am so – I'd kind of blown up at her, and I'm not a blow-up. My dad was, but I'm much more of the stuffer. But I kind of blew up at her, partly rightly so. I mean, I can't justify it, but it was – she was like <laughs> – She deserved it a little bit. It was like, seriously, I know you're my daughter and I love you, but give me a break. You know, right? And then, But I came back into her room when I sent her to her room, and I said, Christy, I'm so sorry. That was really all about me and, and what I'm kind of going through, and I'm so sorry that I – you know, I, I feel like I yelled at you when – you know, I don't think you were right on a couple of things, but I surely should not have acted the way I acted. And and I'll be honest with you, as I look at it, I was I'm upset with myself, but I'm also upset. You know, I, there's just a lot going on in my life, and I feel this pressure and all this. Mm-hmm. Well, this she's a kid, and she's like, "Daddy, I'm I'm so sorry too," and I understand. Mm-hmm. And we had a moment there. Yeah. And and I'm not saying I always do that well, but I'm saying that moment brought us intimacy. And other times when sure. she would then do that, um and say that was all about me and not about you guys or whatever when she and she's the one in our family who was you know always going to be the character with it mm-hmm. that's intimacy mm-hmm. and and well, we, we're and all drawn to how did you know to do that though that's that's yeah. what i because i know you're brilliant but as, <laughs> yeah, well, as listeners are listening yeah. to you where, where did you get the idea of doing that how did how did you recognize you know what i need to go back and do a do over here this is i, I was i was wrong. i wish i could say i learned it growing up but because i grew up in a dysfunctional family i didn't learn it so to me all that i learned about communication or my own self and whatnot i kind of learned after i became a christian i became a christian when i was 16 and 
And I started finding mentors and I would, I would read and, you know, some of the mentor, my favorite mentors are people who I met after they died in books. <laughs> right. And so mm-hmm. I think you learn that, but you know, that like for me, I don't know where that came from, but did it come from me reading a book by Archibald Hart, who I just grew mm-hmm. to love? He's a, a, a gentleman who was from South Africa and an incredible therapist and incredible teacher and whatnot. And, I would I would imitate him. You know, we have these bracelets that say, what would Jesus do? And for me, it was like, what would Arch do? Or what would Neil do? Or different people that were you know, teaching me. I don't mean that in right? a bad way. Yeah. But I'm just saying, wait, right? they said they did that. So then I try it and I go, wow, that kind of works. Right. See? Mm-hmm. And so we got to right. work on our own stuff. Well, yeah. But it well, comes, because but we're it's... being formed. You... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it, it starts with a hunger to do it differently. Yeah. So somehow yeah. we all know when it's off, yeah. right? When it's not working. Yeah. And, you know, I say a lot of times to people, you you know, we either recover or repeat the sins of yes. previous generations. And the way to recover is to do it differently exactly. than what we learned. Mm-hmm. And without even pointing a lot of fingers at it, like I, I look at my family system and it mm-hmm. was a broken family system and it was a broken family system over you know, generation to sure. generation. So I can I can say, well, they made my life miserable, or I can say, you know what, I'm going to do something different with this, and I'm going to uh-huh. recover. And to do that, I got to roll up my sleeves and make it happen. It doesn't just right. Happen. It may be a fact, right? Yeah, that there was dysfunction. Yeah, right. But the only thing that's going to change it is you doing yeah. something and, and different. and doing it every day. You know, yeah. I just saw Reacher. Have you seen the show, new show about Reacher, either one of you? Yes. Yeah. I haven't yes. seen the show, but yes. I read some of the books. of, uh, And it's it, you know, it's, and the guy, Reacher, of course, is this muscular guy. And they're interviewing him. He's a wonderful Christian, actually, the actor. And they said, well, how did you get to be in such good shape? And he said, well, I have worked out for 40 minutes a day, five days a week for 30 years. <laughs> That's right. I, and I wanted woke him, up this way. Yeah, I wanted him to say, you know, I took this you know, new tablet and it's changed yeah. my life. And he went, yes. I've done it. We all for, want the tablet. I've done it for 30 years. Well, of course he has a 12 pack on his stomach because he's yeah. done that for, mm-hmm. you know, for all those years over and over again. And I think that's what we have to learn. That That's how we get better. Yeah. We do the right thing. We love God, do the right thing, whatever that is, and we do it over and over and over again. And we go five steps forward and a step back. My goodness, have grace on yourself. Well, it's even what we were talking about with Tyler, right? To confess to his girlfriend that he realizes he makes it unsafe for her. Yeah. That his anger right. makes it right. unsafe, right. right? And that he wants to do it yeah. differently. And that doesn't make him a, a horrible person. No. Mm-hmm. It actually makes him a better person for recognizing mm-hmm. what his faults are because we all have faults. Mm-hmm. So how do we get comfortable with some of those and yeah, improve on them? Right. Do you know, one of the things that we talk about at Intimacy and Marriage are those habits that we've gotten into. So like even though Reacher worked out 40 minutes a day, <laughs> many couples have done the same argument for 40 years. Yeah. Like yes. literally there's a different uh, subject, but they att- they exactly. attack it the at dance. the same level. Yeah, and it's right. and that's what we talked to Tyler about. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and of course I'm going to do a plug for our intimacy and marriage intensive because yeah. we help couples unwrap the very thing that has kept them stuck. They think that it's the other person. If the other person wouldn't react to me that way, then I would be better. We're all pretty good without anybody around us until we're not because isolation is Mm -hmm. terrible. But it is that how, how we can come to a relationship where we can confess in the safety of one another, knowing that the other person has the best intentions for me. Yeah. And if I reveal myself in this safe relationship, it doesn't have to be fixed, but I can be heard. 
And the reason why I asked you, uh, Jim, about how did you know to do that is because I think a lot of times we can get stuck in that arrogant entitlement of I don't need to make it right because I was right. They were wrong. They should have done it differently. And at the end of that, then what are you going to (laughs) do? It's like, okay, so you were right. What, you know, what are you going to do with that? Well, you're right. (laughs) I think sometimes we, we, you know, in a, in a relationship, like say, I'm thinking about my relationship with Kathy. There's times when if I'm pouting or whatever, I'm trying to punish her for something that she Mm -hmm. did. Well, how's that going to work? So the question I always ask is, (laughs) do I, do I want to be right or do I want to make the relationship better? And sometimes you can't be both. So sometimes you have to kind of mm-hmm. swallow your pride in your heart. You can go, well, I'm right. <laughs> but but make yeah. the relationship <laughs> better by backing off and creating a safe environment to communicate and grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really critical to any um, any movement in a relationship. And really what we're talking about is intimacy. I mean, intimacy means connection. And so when you're talking about intimacy in marriage, we can all get – more connected. But even when we're in connection, that doesn't mean that the relationship is going to be perfect, or it doesn't mean that we're going to find our true self in another person. And I think we, we make that mistake too, where we go, you know, I'm going to, I'm, if, you know, if I can have the happiest marriage on earth, then I'm going to be, you know, happy again, because I'm not really all that happy. Well, that's not going to be the case. I have a friend. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, we all have emotions. I I heard a a phrase the other day that, you know, we've been talking about that there is this mental health crisis in America right now or worldwide. But the person that I was listening to said it's actually an emotional health crisis Mm. because what we've gotten into is extremes. And so Mm -hmm. when we get into these really um, crucial or what may feel like crucial conversations, our emotions get expressed not in healthy ways. But what we believe is that we just need to shut the emotion down. And that's not true either. Mm -hmm. We want you to have a full range of emotion. And when we were talking to Tyler about his relationship, it's you you can express anger. You can express sadness. You can express frustration. It's in the method that you're doing that and what you're doing with the recovery of that. But I tell you, if any of this hits home to you and you are married... We want to see you in Southern California at Intimacy in Marriage, the intensive. We have great teaching sessions. We have breakout sessions with our New Life Network of Counselors. And we we have practical insights for couples to learn about why, you know, why can't we connect or how can we connect better? Because we want you there. We'll be right back after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We're going to continue taking calls for the next hour, 1-800-229-3000. You know, we've been doing this for a while. We've been around 35 years, and we've heard all kinds of questions, and we've helped all kinds of people, and it's really our privilege and our honor. We're going to listen to a call that Steve took a while back, and I think it's still relevant today. Terry, go ahead and roll that. Martha from Bartlett, Illinois. W-I-L-L is the station. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Uh, It's going okay. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a um, 16-year-old son, and um, same thing, having lots of issues with motivation, having lots of issues with um, um, not wanting to go to school, not wanting to come home, hanging out with his friends. And 
I um, we're dealing with taking things away from him. They don't seem to work. Mm. I bet um, he's I bet he's really close to his dad, huh? Uh-uh. <laughs> I know. Uh, he's close to me, and yeah. we have a, a very a better relationship. He has major issues with his father, mm-hmm. and I understand that. But the problem, and I think my question is, as a mom, as a Christian woman, as a wife, what angle do I work at to try and get this? Because it just doesn't seem to work. Okay, um, so, so what does like, your oh, husband? My son, I'm sorry. What does your husband say about your son? He's just like, you know what? I don't know what to do with him. I'm done. He doesn't want to listen. He doesn't want to obey rules. He wants to be his own person. I can't do anything. You know, and we've tried, but it hasn't been a long time for did my your, husband. Did your husband ever have an adolescence, or did he go straight from ten to, to ten to twenty? Really? <laughs> I'm serious. You know, I don't think I don't know. I know that their parent. Um, his father was very, very strict. Okay, well, maybe he did go from straight from ten to and twenty. And they obeyed immediately. Well, then your then um, then your then your 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 son is reminding your dad. I mean, your your listen husband. to that husband of of what he never experienced, and he he's reacting against it. He, right, right. You know, the answer is to to sit down with your. This is one answer, mm-hmm. is to sit to sit down with your husband and say, "Honey, I want you to." Um, think about what adolescence is really like. And we do have house rules, and there are consequences. We believe in that. But I want you to connect with him as he is, not as he should be. And right now you're connecting with him as he should be, and he's going to feel judged, and he's going to move away from you, and you're going to lose him. We've got two years, honey. Don't relate to him as he should be. Right, and that's exactly what's happening. He's so judgmental. And I can understand that. You know, my son's wearing big earrings, and he's wearing pants down to his butt, and... Not at all what we, quote unquote, raised him to be like. So he's, you know, definitely. Well, he's not. He's not done yet. He's yeah, sixteen, yeah. Martha. So yeah. you know, I don't. You know, is he going to be like that when he's thirty? You don't know because he's still pudding. You know. Right. And right. so sit down with your husband and say, you know, Steve. Steve had a great idea for a previous caller like this. He said, "When's the last time Dad and Son had a weekend together?" Right. When is it? Oh gosh, N- not. Years. Get, Usually get, we do everything as a family together, and he doesn't want to, my son doesn't want to have anything to do with us. I don't blame him. Yeah. Well, and so I don't go, I don't work the angle where I tell my son, look, this is the way dad is. No. Sorry, but. No, you tell your husband to, to change and repent. And if he doesn't want to connect, if he doesn't want to, if he's done, what, what should I do then? If your husband says, I'm not interested in being a dad? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, I think at this point where he's, you know, we're going to counseling right now, but it's a point where he's so done with all of my son's antics. It's been really, really hard and stressful at home. I'm sure my, it is. You know, son leaves. He comes home in the middle of the night. He, no. does, he breaks curfew. It's no, the, one the, 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 discipline the, after the, another. Yeah, the, the rule of thumb is always that you have to be hard on the acting out. You have to be. But you have to, at the same time, be doing connecting things, especially with the father. So he's going to have to get over his frustration and exasperation somewhere else and not act it out on the son. Keep the house rules. I know my rules. husband loves him very much, or he wouldn't be going to counseling. I don't think the boy well, knows that. Yeah, And you know what I would say to your son? Yeah. I would say something like this, because I know you've uh, kind of expressed your feelings about his dad and, and tried to connect with him. I would say, I know it's difficult for you and your father. But here's, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. It's your job to figure out how to manage this, how to work with it, how to relate to him. 
And if you will accomplish your job as an adolescent doing that, it will it will make your adult life so much easier and richer whenever you get in contact with someone that's difficult to work with. But if you'll take it as, hey, this isn't fair, but it's my job to forge out a relationship with my dad rather than resent him and pay for it the rest of my life, it, I don't know, may not help, but it's helped some other people when it's been said. Yeah, that sounds good, though. It sounds because I've really had not much to be able to say looking for the right words to say. Now, we're not, <laughs> we're not, but we're not telling you let go of the house rules. Right. If he's acting out, right. there need to be strict rules. You bet. Because, I mean, he may even have to go away for a while if it's really, really serious. So maintain that. Right. But the connection has got to be there. All right. And um, anything you can do to encourage your husband rather than criticize him, well, that's the way to go with that. Well, isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> everyone is so easy to, it's easy to criticize but that encouragement, which is what we started the program with, right, Jim? I mean, we talked about that. You know, these, this is what I said, these problems are still active today. Oh, what right. And it's so difficult yeah. when you yeah. feel powerless as a parent. And yeah. you can just hear that that dad doesn't know what to do. Right. So he wants to just, you know, kind of yeah. slam down the hammer and right. and cut right. him out. But it's really his own helplessness, powerlessness. Right. And it's right? and it's hard. I mean, and I loved what Dr. Henry Cloud said about it. Because you got it. Oh, was John or that Henry? Was, it was John. Oh, John. Okay. John. Yeah, they both got that Southern yeah, accent. I, I love their yeah. Southern accent. So anyway, uh, I love what he said, what John said, was because he said, you still got to go with the rules. Sure. You know, with the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, the, here's the phrase. Rules without relationship equal rebellion. Yeah. So you can have rules. And if you're a rigid parent, then your kids are going to rebel. If you're a lenient parent then your kids won't, will be rudderless. So somewhere in there, you need both. And so the idea that Steve said, um, he had Southern accent too, but Steve said, when Steve said, uh, you know, a weekend out, well, mm-hmm. whatever that kid likes, if that kid likes to snow ski, they snow ski. If that kid likes to go to music festival, they go to music, whatever it is. And they don't have to talk about this. They just get them in disequilibrium, spend some time. Mm-hmm. The kid will appreciate it as long as dad isn't going into the heavy-duty Dad Lecture. Yeah. Right. Build on the relationship and then keep those, you know, keep those expectations right. the, going the, in the boundaries. Right. Spending the time, the priority is the connection and the relationship. Right. So rules right? without relationship equal rebellion. You need yeah. rules, but you also need relationship. And you can yeah. have both. Right. And right. we have to deal with our own stuff. As parents, you know, we're raising people, mm-hmm. not just children. And I think that comes as a surprise to so many people. So then as an adult, as they're emerging, the teenage years, which can take us all out if yep. we're not careful, they challenge us. And we did the same thing. It's just Well, it and we have to remember back what we were like, because I think we yeah. do right. expect them to be more adult. Somehow we've shown them the way right. so they get to skip that right. phase. Right. And no, they don't. No. It's a great question. What were you like when you were 16? Right. You know, exactly. I'm not exactly thrilled about what I was like. And so that actually helps me understand what their son is going through, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or what my kids would be have gone through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, to challenge the idea of what we um, have in our minds as what a good parent 
is or does. In this situation, Steve was calling her out in that she was throwing her husband under the, mm-hmm. you know, under the bus there, under the fence, yeah. anything. She's throwing him under there. <laughs> and so the, the idea is, you know, what do we want to be like as a family, as adult to adults? Because that's where he's headed. And then John said the, man, the, the son is still putty. He's still forming. And we need all the, you know, the affection, warmth, and and encouragement we can get in those teenage years and beyond. We are going to take calls for another hour, 1-800-229-3000. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, listeners. We can help you. Give us a call. Check us out at newlife.com for all the intensives. We want to help. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you Take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.